0: So yeah, how are both for you at the moment?
1: Yeah, all good. Thank you. It's nice. Um, thanks for wanting to interview us. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, pleasure. Um, so the book was it released on World Afro Day? Is that
1: right? Yeah, fifteenth of September. Not in connection with World Afro Day, but just because we felt like it was a good day to release it.
0: Yeah, definitely perfect day, really. Speaking of World Afro Day, um, what do you think of that day and what it
2: represents? So I think it's as as a as an idea, it's a, it's brilliant. Um, I think we have loads of days for, for loads of different things, and I think it's it's great that we have one day where we can celebrate ourselves, celebrate one of the things that make them visibly, um, particularly West African um, or West African descent so yeah it's 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 great that there is a there's a day for us and yeah,
1: yeah yeah i agree i think it's great that we have um a day where we can just you know unapologetically celebrate our hair and stuff but obviously it would be great if we didn't need to have a day like that but um no it, it's it's great of michelle de leon to have you know started that and you know get heard all over the place yeah
0: definitely. That's a really good point. And between the both of you, how did you guys meet?
1: In uni. Yeah. <laughs> Doing our masters <laughs> in publishing,
0: yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, that's really cool. Ah. And so when did the idea for the book come
2: about? So the book, um, it was a commission, but it came about um, during the, all of the Black Lives Matter stuff that was happening in yeah. 2020 so with all with all the protests um there was kind of was a growing discussion obviously about police brutality um but also like if you were watching social media at the time there was a lot of smaller discussions happening about um black people's you know position in workplaces position in beauty and and just how we interact with the world and within that there was this, there was this other discussion about, how our hair affects the way we're able to exist um in the world so and and we we felt that hair it's yes to an extent it is it's it's beautification it's an adornment but i think for black people it's a it tends to be a lot more than that which is why it spreads out into all our
1: all other aspects of our lives um so it was a good it was a good point to start
2: for us yeah
1: there were loads of narratives that were, you know, being discussed during that time. And we wanted to add something that we cared about, that we knew about. Obviously, we care about the whole situation, but it's different to be, like, caring to be able to actually speak on it. Yeah. You know, like, have those experiences. So that's why, um, yeah, we chose to do hair. As Zainab said, it affects so many different areas of our lives, more than any other race. I don't know any other race where their hair has that much of an impact on... For sure careers you know just existing in the world it's actually crazy when you think about it
0: yeah it's true yeah there's so much so many layers to black care um more beyond the appearance um so you mentioned it was a commission how did the commission come about and who was it commissioned by
1: so during uni um we both well no it was just after uni actually we both started working at a publishing house called Aurora Metro and <laughs> The publisher, Cheryl Robson, she for about 30 years has been publishing books by, um, you know, Black, Asian minorities, um, women mostly as well. So we were working for her and we had helped her on various um, different projects. Mm-hmm. And she asked us during the time if there was something that we wanted to add to the conversation and she'd give us, you know, the... Oh, cool. the Platform to do that. It was it was a bit surreal because obviously it wasn't it wasn't we studied publishing. It wasn't the traditional. Oh, we have this idea for a book. Let's go and you know propose it to different publishers. The fact that Cheryl actually came to us was yeah quite yeah, yeah definitely not something we taken for granted.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's really cool. And working with a publisher as well that focuses on um, people of color as well. Um, stories like that Mm. um, is great too progress that's made in the UK um, for combating hair discrimination what are your thoughts on um, laws like um, the halo code and there's also the crown law as well um, in
1: the US so needed (laughs) like I mean one of the things that we we talk about in the book is how it's kind of one step forward and 10 steps back like During the time when we were writing this, the UK um, changed the what is it the syllabus for hair and beauty. So like now all hairstylists have to learn like Afro hair as well, like built into the syllabus. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was like a couple of days later, the Olympics banned like large swimming caps. Um, So yeah, it's things like the halo code and stuff like they're they're really necessary because things can just change like so quickly and it yeah there's it's almost like it's that protection for us that we we need yeah
0: and also in terms of the people that you reached out to um to interview um why why did you reach out to certain people and was there like when you had the idea when you started on the journey was there certain people that you definitely knew straight away that you wanted to approach
1: um not particularly. When we first started doing the book, we just we wanted to talk to just, you know, everyday black women living their lives and how their hair plays a part in that. But um I think as time went on and we started to just play with the idea of reaching out with um reaching out to sorry, other black women in society who you know like they're either pioneers or they're doing something good. They have a platform where they're speaking on, you know, these issues and they're not shying away from it. And then yeah just kind of developed from there really we did reach out to a lot of people though (laughs) we reached out to a lot oh
0: and how did you find that process as well um of reaching out to people and um pitching the book ideas and um even getting higher name celebrities that we had like
1: Jamelia it was stressful wasn't it (laughs) Zayna it It was
2: the outreach so
1: yeah (laughs) um yeah it was it was a bit stressful but mostly because lots of um, people who we spoke to like they were like oh the book sounds great but they have something similar that's coming out um around the same time so it was a bit like oh okay well at least we're on the right track you know when it's it was great that we were we knew that we were going to be able to share like this space with other people who we would have wanted to have in the book but when it came to Jamelia, she actually um didn't see the email for like a really long time. So we just assumed that we never got her. And then she just popped up randomly, like um, almost <laughs> like four months later. We're like, yay, <laughs> oh my God,
0: right. Jamelia. Oh, cool. Oh, that's great. And how did you conduct the interviews? Was it like um via Zoom, um written, or how was it?
1: A mix of both? Um, most of them were Zoom and a few of them like Dawn Butler, um, has was written, there was a couple of others as well, but most people wanted to have that conversation face-to-face.
2: And I think it works better face-to-face. I mean, are yeah. yeah, answering questions is one thing, and it's great, but I think once you start, as we saw, once you start getting into the topics, things start to come up and it becomes very real. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was pretty emotional, some of those interviews. It was unexpected, but necessary I think they found it like it's like an emotional release talking about things that they probably hadn't considered before
0: and to dive into a bit about your individual careers and how that kind of led to this um so you both did is it a master's in publishing Mm -hmm. so when you were studying for that did you have an idea of like a niche of where you'd like to go in the industry was it hair related was it culture related or what was that like
2: um I think for me personally, I don't know about Saskia, something like this that would touch on culture and and race and things like that was always something I wanted to do later on in life. I think probably like a lot of people who study English, you kind of go, Oh, I want to be a novelist. I want to be the next JK Rowling. So you're not really thinking about other avenues that you could uh, kind of venture into. Uh, But I'm I'm glad I was a part of this because, like I said, it's definitely something I would have wanted to do. Yeah. Just I didn't envision myself doing it or doing something similar to it. So soon, mm.
1: yeah, not J.K. Rowling anymore. Sorry, go with Emma Dabiri. I know you love. her. <laughs> oh, I do love Emma Dabiri. Yeah, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's it's. I I agree with Zayda. This this kind of book is something that you feel like older people would do you know like they've kind of lived and they have their experiences and then they just get together with people who they've made friends with kind of in the industry and then they produce a book like this um for me I'm more journalism based so like my BA was in creative writing and journalism and journalism is where I wanted to go like a magazine for black people by black people um just kind of being unapologetic and subverted in the mainstream so this this was like an unexpected detour (laughs) but it's it's welcomed yeah but I didn't think we'd be doing something like this so soon
0: so one of the interviewees that you have in your book um is um bold I believe why was that important for you as well to include in this book
1: I can't honestly say it was a conscious decision to like we have to have a bold person in the book but we all know or we've all seen like people share their hair journeys and one of the big parts of that for some people is the big chop mm-hmm. so I, I don't think whether you have hair or you don't have hair affects your hair journey and your decision because it, it, it probably wasn't just a whim like oh I'm just gonna shave my head. so there was like as you've read in the interview there's so much more to it and lots of lots of black women like are going towards that you know the big chop is like a big thing and it's all about just starting again you know so yeah it definitely wasn't conscious but there would have been no reason for us to not include her
0: How would you guys define um, your hair type um, in terms of like the grading system um, from 1A to um, 4C? Um, Do you believe in that? Do you believe in the grading system?
2: Um,
1: Interesting
2: question. Yeah, go I suppose, okay. <laughs> I suppose technically my hair would be three C. I suppose I'm. I was never really very good at identifying. Sometimes it, it looks different, and obviously there are different parts of my hair have different textures. Yeah. I suppose generally three C. Um, I think in terms of practicality, it's it's really good that we have a grading system. Um, because a lot of us especially when we were younger like we would all use blue magic or something like that it wouldn't necessarily be good for all of our hair types but we're all using it anyway because that's what we use so I think the grading system is good because it you know someone with 4 hair their hair might not necessarily benefit from the products that I use so it's good that we all have have an idea of the kind of products that are better for us now yeah I think it is it can be a little bit problematic when you start to think, okay, well, any hair that's like 3A to 3C or 4A to 4C is black hair. So, okay, so it doesn't matter what what person we might use in an advert so long as they've got that kind of grading system. then it allows companies to sometimes use maybe someone with 3B hair to yeah. promote... Um, natural hair beauty and whilst that is fine it's absolutely it's natural hair and therefore it's beautiful it's not representative of all all black hair types yeah um so it i think like all things it's it's good but if it if taken the wrong way and used in the wrong way if used in the wrong way it can be a bad thing
1: yeah good point yeah i i don't i have absolutely no idea. My hair, I've, I've spoke about it in like other interviews as well. And if we had our piece in the book, I would have spoke about it there. Where just years of like relaxing my hair when I shouldn't have done because I wasn't comfortable with it. You know, always having it in weave and this and that. I could not tell you what grade my hair fell under because I'm not even really. I'm just. I'm not sure I don't relax anymore, but because it's been like, because I did for so long, whenever Mm. I take it out, like it's still very soft. Like my braids don't last very long ever. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't think the grading system is bad, like especially like have said, in terms of figuring out what products are best for you, it's probably, you know, the easiest way to, you know, do that. But I don't think it's something that we need to like, Put so much emphasis on. As long as you are like looking after your hair, and you you know you know what you're doing for you, and know what works for you, then I think that should just be enough.
0: Cool. Yeah. Great. What is next for you guys? <laughs> I
1: think it's safe to say we're still just trying to get to grips with this one <laughs> and make sure it's seen and read by as many people as possible because we really are proud of it. But Zayn and I collaborating together is you could bet on it and you wouldn't lose probably. So yeah, it's, it's, we don't know what, but it will, it will, it's gonna happen. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um, well, yeah, thank you guys. Like, thank you personally for the book. Um, I've um, read some of it, I've got about 50 pages left, um, but yeah, it's really good. It's like a nice day to see everyone's um, individual hair stories um, and yeah, just kind of dedicated to black hair and the culture. Um, so yeah, I'd like to thank you guys for making it. Um, and again, for this interview.